So the new James Comey book comes mm-hmm. out today. And then I heard that they oh. Amazon shipped copies to the White House or something, like quote unquote on accident. Oh, I did not hear that. Um, I don't know the whole story. <laughs> um, so what is disappointing to me as in a small bookstore is that we ordered it and it didn't arrive. Mm. <laughs> but it's supposed to be here tomorrow, so nobody panic. Okay, that's um, fine. By the time you listen to this, probably this fad will be over. This oh, is one yeah. of those bookish fads. So we're recording this on the 17th. Yeah, so this will be old news. But what's fascinating to me is unlike Fire and Fury... Um, they didn't like up the release date for this. This has right. always been the release date for this book. But they did say, that, like at the last minute, I got an email from the publisher that was like, hey, if you want to sell these at midnight, you can. And so as a staff, we were dying laughing and brainstorming. Like, what if we had in Thomasville... There's a midnight the release midnight, of the James, for the James Comey, Comey book. book. And is the title, I hope there are tapes? No. <laughs> Is that at least, is Lordy in the (laughs) subtitle at least? No. Um, So we were talking about what would an event look like in Thomasville, Georgia, because we're not Washington, D.C., we're not New York City. Like, what would an event look like? And we talked about how, just like we did a Harry Potter release Mm -hmm. party a couple years ago. We all dress up as James Comey. Well, we thought we could have a standee that you took your picture with, because James Comey is so tall. Mm. And so it could be standing outside the door and you could get your selfie with James Comey. I just (laughs) thought it could be really fun. And then we could give away, like I am wearing, in honor of today, I was wearing my Lordy I Hope There Are Tapes t-shirt. And we could give away Lordy I Hope There Are Tapes t-shirts. And we could ask every customer who comes in for their loyalty. Yes. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be great. And we could give like red, white, and blue cupcakes away. Like just had this whole thing planned. I mean, we didn't do it. We'll have like a J. Edgar Hoover like portrait hung up in the back. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be fine. (laughs) We just had, we just had so much fun brainstorming a James Comey event. This is the weirdest fake event and I love it. (laughs) Is it weirder than the actual real event Stanley Tucci Day we came up with? You know... I forgot about Stanley Tucci Day when we had just pictures of Stanley Tucci's face all over the bookshelf. We had masks yeah. that you could wear. I found one the other day in the top of my closet. There was Stanley Tucci's face just looking right back at me. I don't think a single person came to that Look, event. Look, to be fair, I think people were on their way, but it was pouring rain. It was. And we couldn't get the projector fair. to work. What were we going to show? Devil Wears Prada. Uh, okay. We're, I'm going to do Stanley Tucci Day one of these days. Okay. Sure. <laughs> That's so weird. Welcome to episode 168 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I don't recognize myself from 2009. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. What you been reading lately? So many things. Uh, so many things. But last month, I read two books, um, one of which we talked about in detail on the podcast in a Love It or Loathe It episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished The Power and Sociable. Uh-huh. These are both books that I wound up in my star rating system, uh-huh. <laughs> giving three stars. But the truth is, now the power was actually, I thought, pretty well written. Sociable. Meh. Uh, here was my deal, though. Like, I liked these books. I liked mm-hmm. the premise. I liked where they were taking me. Mm-hmm. And especially with Sociable, a little less so with the power, 
it felt like the endings kind of just left me hanging. Mm-hmm. And I am not somebody who needs pretty in a bow endings. Right. And I don't judge you if you do, by the right. way. Life is hard. If you want pretty bow endings, I get it. Right. Um, but Sociable, for example, is literally a book that I read, like I devoted my time to it. Mm-hmm. And because I gave it 100 pages and wasn't sold, but like thought, let me keep, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So, and it wasn't super long. So I was like, this is fine. So I read it. And then it ended, and I literally thought there were pages missing. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember you saying I that. I literally felt like, wait, what? Like, it's mid-sentence in yeah. ending? <laughs> like, it just, I don't know. It just, for the first time in a long time, I had that feeling that I think we have every so often, if we're avid readers, where we just feel like we went on this journey with an author, and the author left us at the yeah. airport or something. <laughs> like, 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 like the author left us, and we don't know where to go now. Uh-huh. Um and I don't know if, if you've ever experienced that in your reading life. It, to me, it doesn't happen often because, again, I'm somebody who is generally satisfied, yeah. um, even with kind of um, yeah. open-ended endings. And I think I'm the kind of person that if I, if I felt dissatisfied with an ending, I assume it was my fault that I didn't oh. read closely enough or I didn't get what That's the author was so trying your personality. to do, isn't it? <laughs> So Isn't you. it? <laughs> Don't you hate when you're like, oh, it's right in there with yeah. the rest of my, uh, mm-hmm. rest of my neuroses. The rest of me, like, well, <laughs> I understood that wrong. <laughs> you blame yourself yep. immediately. Which, I mean, I think there is something to be said for yeah. that, right? Like an author knows what they're doing. <laughs> and, and if the author doesn't, the editor does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like these things do go through a, a rigorous process to get published most of the time. I was about to say, although I am starting to wonder, who was I talking to? Oh, I was talking to, um, I think it would be okay for me to say her name. I was talking to Jamie Quattro, mm-hmm. and she was the author of Fire Sermon, and we were talking about the future of publishing, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how publishing has changed so drastically, mm-hmm. and I think partly that's because of the um, rise of self-publishing yeah. and independent publishing, um, but I think there have been some books I have read where certainly the copy editor didn't do his mm-hmm. or her job, <laughs> and then... There have been a couple books that I feel like were put out, I think, and I did mention this with The Power. I felt like, what a great book. What a fantastic premise. Could have been reduced by like 20%. Yes, nobody edited this. And I think it's because we're in a hurry to get books out, especially if they're semi-timely. Like we're trying to get them out. That market is fast. Yes, and um, Jamie Quattro pointed out like the turnover is so high. Like Mm -hmm. she pointed out her book came out in January by like two weeks later is not on anybody's radar anymore. Right. Like, and which is why book selling is so important. Right. Um, but you're right. I think generally an author is an expert writing about what they know or writing about what they've been trained to write about. An editor is coming along behind them and guiding them mm-hmm. and guiding their process. But I do wonder if that's being lost sometimes yeah. now. No, I think it definitely is. Um, and I, like depends on the publishing house, but sometimes editors have like, so much power. Yeah. And they're like essentially rewriting these books that the authors have given them. Or right. Like so you never reorganizing really know. It. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, because we don't, we're not inside that process. Right. So we came at this and we've, we have been brainstorming like upcoming episodes of the podcast and Ashley actually was somebody, I forget why. I don't know if she was watching like YouTube videos or mm-hmm. something, but she was the one who was like, Oh, you guys should do an episode on missed opportunities. Yeah. And what she meant was what are books we feel like, they have missed opportunities in the ending or right. missed the opportunities in certain characters. Could have been great. Yes. But there's just one thing holding it back. Yeah. Right? And so can I tell you the book that I think everybody listening, not everybody, I think many people listening right now are naming this book. Sure. 
I think it's Little Women. Mm. I think that is the book that if you're of a certain age yeah. and of a certain gen- gender, you are... You think... It's a disappointment. Yes, you immediately think of yeah. Little Women. Yeah. So, Little Women... I, do we have to give spoiler warnings no, for Little that Women? No, a hundred years old. Two <laughs> hundred. Uh, so three. So for Little Women, um, the classic tale about these four sisters. Um, I think the most traumatic part of that ending, as somebody who read it when they were eight years old. Okay, so that when I read Little Women for the first time, I was eight, and what I remember wasn't Beth. Not dying, Beth dying. Although that was. Don't play piano in the rain. <laughs> although that was sad. Um, and I feel like made an impact. Mm-hmm. What caused me, and I've said this before, what caused me to throw the book across the room was Lori ending up with Amy. Yeah. No, it made it, no sense. Look, and as an eight-year-old, I definitely thought Lori should be with Joe. Yeah. As, as an adult, mm-hmm. I understand maybe Lori and Joe not getting together. Sure. Like, I can buy that. Yeah. But what is frustrating to me, even still, is that he would marry Amy. Yeah. The nerve... The nerve. I just feel like there are rules. Like, I don't have sisters, but aren't there rules? You would think. And I was in the play, Little Women. Which it shocks me not at all. Of course. And of course, I played Lori. You look like Lori. But here's the thing I look like young Christian Bale. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I am Batman. <laughs> um, I was a senior in high school. Okay. Amy was played by a seventh grader. Oh, snap. And at the end of the play, Oh no. We were supposed to have like a kiss. Yeah. Which the director said no. <laughs> Good call. Because I was 18 years old. Good call, director. And she was 12. Oh god. Um, so that's wrong. <laughs> um, but there was like this sequence where I think I think I might have picked her up or something, and yeah. that's how the play ended of like, yes, my lord. Like, because you know there's that weird thing where she calls him my lord. Yeah. Which is super strange. And I like picked her up and carried her off stage while Joe is happy with the professor. the professor. Also weird. It, look, it is weird. As an adult, first of all, we all now know, I read this really fantastic biography of Louise, Louise Mayalcott. Yeah. Louise Mayalcott's editor yep. made her give Joe a husband. Yeah. Joe was intended to be single. Which would have been a better ending. Which honestly makes, like that, it's I would have It's perfect sense for that character. Even as an eight-year-old, that would have yep. made sense to me. Now... As someone who truly believes in friendship first and yeah. then marrying that person, I firmly would have bought Joe marrying Lori because mm-hmm. of their friendship chemistry. Right. Because to me, that's what lasts. <laughs> to me, in a marriage, that's what's going to pull you through is that you guys were friends first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lori and Amy don't really... I mean, I know that they built this relationship after Beth died and after Joe and Meg mm-hmm. went away, like Amy's left at home. And, and I also know... Amy and Lori have similarities. But they're too similar. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're like too emotional yes, together, right? Yes. They're too alike. And and honestly, like he can care for her in the ways that she needs to be cared for. Yeah. But Amy should have married a pioneer man. <laughs> yep. And so that she could have strengthened herself a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, I have issues with the character of Amy anyway. Sure. Um shocking. But 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 this ending, I mean, I think to this day it is, in fact, when I Googled, I did research for this episode because mm-hmm. I wanted, I had books in my mind that I thought I was dissatisfied with, but I didn't know if they were what the culture was also uh-huh. dissatisfied with. Little Women comes up in all the Google searches of <laughs> ending. Disappointing poor, Yes, endings. disappointing endings. Interesting. And I, I don't, as an adult, I don't mind Joe marrying the professor. I don't what mind. What happens to Meg? I don't even remember what happens. She marries her, she marries Lori's tutor. 
Oh, also weird. I mean, that Why makes are sense all to these me. young women ending up with older men, though? Well, first it's just of all, it's the, 19th the times. Century? Yeah, the, first I don't of know. all, the it's times. It's still weird to these me. Are men who, these are women whose father went to war. Like, they needed, I think they Oof. maybe had some daddy issues. I don't want to psychologize that. That feels gross. I think they did have dad issues. Yeah. Like, that's I, weird. But I also think. The romance is total. Meg's romance totally makes sense to me. Yeah, and I then, do remember and that. And then Lori, as a romantic interest for one of them, mm-hmm. made sense. Mm-hmm. He was around all the time. He was their dear friend. That made sense. Should have been Beth. <laughs> Should have been Beth. Beth would have been good for him, actually. He, Beth would have been great for him. Yeah. Really, I think he did Beth, have... That's the misending of the play. <laughs> or the story, excuse me. Um, forget really. it all. We forget just, it all. <laughs> he just needed to marry Beth. <laughs> which, one are going to, which one are we going to kill off instead? <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Amy and her limes. Oh, okay. Limes. The blancmange. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, man. So Little Women immediately came to mind. But we, we read one months ago, The Wanderers, and we had the same note for it, right? Like, oh, yeah. The whole book was good, but there was one plot thread that we both could have just done without. I forgot about that. That dragged the whole book down, and it was the Russian astronaut's teenage son his plot was unconnected to everything else going on in it the novel. It just did not make it was, sense. It was distracting. And I can't believe an editor didn't say. I and, and I said this on that first episode we talked about. I think an editor made her put it in. Oh. Interesting. And I don't know that. That's just kind of... Well, spe- we're all, that's all this episode it, is. It's pure is, speculation. This is speculative fiction. Yeah. Um, but that... that plot just seemed so unimportant and so disconnected from everything it, it, else disconnected and it is the right term it seemed like a like a like a diversity play because it was about a, a gay young teenage, gay man yeah teenager um and his kind of sexual awakening and it was so is, so disconnected from everything say, else happening which, in the book, look, which is an important story it's a fine that's story, a great story but it not didn't, in that book no it didn't belong and that was the thing i didn't hate the story itself yeah. i didn't hate that thread it just didn't fit with the book yeah no, well, and I would like, I didn't even have this on my list, but that reminds me of The Immortalist. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's yeah. a book. Now, half the staff loved it. And, and, and I didn't read that one. And universally. But like, that's a book that had four, again, sibling story, four storylines it was following. And the first two, I was pretty, com- they were pretty compelling. I was pretty invested. And then the last two, I just was like, I no longer care. You yeah. have you have lost me. I no longer yeah. care about and this. And this is something we have talked about with multiple narrator yeah. novels that like typically... You have to do that well. Yeah. Like one or two of them are not going to work yeah. for every reader, right? Um, interestingly, this is the other... And I actually disagree with this, but another book that comes up as far as disappointing endings go is Gone Girl. Oh, yeah. Which has that and dual narration. I love Gone Girl. To me, that ending makes perfect it's sense. Those perfect. people deserve each other. Mm-hmm. They're, they're insanity and they're, they're psychosis. Like, yep. they deserve one another. They are codependent. Yes, yes. And they are being punished yep. for that. Like, both of them. By each other. Yes, yeah. both of them. No, I totally agree. I think many people thought somebody should have died or no. somebody but no they deserve one they're in perpetual hell with one another exactly yeah. yeah to me the ending of gone girl makes sense but that's another book that comes up with a disappointing ending um and it is not disappointing at all to me no another one th- okay so if we want to go to like ya lit for a minute divergent and the hunger games mm-hmm. divergent is an example of a series that started strong and just completely yeah. devolved did you read those at I, did, all? I don't know anything about those so you, divergent i really enjoyed i 
read the second one, didn't even bother with the third. And I think, honestly, that's how the movies went. I don't mm. know if you followed this. But Divergent came out, like, to the theaters. Uh-huh, and people were like, yeah, we'll watch this. Hungrams yeah. knockoff, whatever. Yeah, then book movie two, I think, also was in the theater, if briefly. The third went direct-to-video. Direct-to-video. Interesting. Because the third with, book with is With a big good. cast, though, right? Yes, same with, stars. With, what's her name? Shailene. A- Shailene Woodley, that actress I don't like. That actress who doesn't wear makeup or... Is that the thing? She bl- she brushes her teeth with, you know... Oh, something weird like that, right? Wax or something. Oh. She had all her belongings fit in a suitcase. She's a quirky oh. lady. Yeah, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. She's good in Big Little Lies. I'll she is that. great in Big Little Lies. Yeah. You're right. But um, anyway, the Divergent books, you, I do think, might have enjoyed the first book because yeah. there is this element... Jordan and I read them, or read that first book, and it... You're just dividing people up based on their Myers Briggs, is right. what it feels like. Essentially, um, yeah. So, so there's like this interesting personality element that is intriguing. Um, but this plot to me just totally devolved, and it felt like at the time what was popular was a trilogy. Yeah. And so it felt like now again, this is pure speculation. Mm-hmm. It felt like a publisher said, "Just make this into a can, trilogy." Can you make three? Of them? <laughs> can you make three of these? Great. Here's a contract. And yeah, and good for her. Yeah. Because she, she made did some it. bucks. Um, um, let's talk about Hunger Games, though, because yeah. I think people are... I'll go on record saying I really like the ending of the Hunger Games series. I like the ending of the Hunger Games. I don't like the romantic ending. I hate the romantic ending of that story because I hate the romantic elements of that story. Oh, do you? Who cares? Oh, I mean, I was invested. And I think most people are, but I don't get it. That story doesn't need a love triangle. No. That is a story about a girl struggling against corrupt politics. Yeah. I don't Which know why that needs to be complicated look. by like, boy she grew up with and other boy that she also grew up with and like one of them is cool and Liam Hemsworth and the other one is like, I don't know, kind of a baker, I guess. He's kind named after bread. Look, um, here's my thing. I will stand by, I am here for every romantic triangle that has ever existed. Ugh, I am not. I understand. I am not. But look, as somebody who grew up with the WB network, yeah. I have just been trained. I I have just been trained. You pick a team. Team Jess. And I have, team Pacey. And I have been trained entirely against that entire tradition. Look, and that look, you're an Enneagram 4. I'm, I'm, I feel like this makes sense. <laughs> I feel like, Accurate. I feel like We're really just diagnosing me today. <laughs> but well, that's what this podcast is for. It's free therapy. Is this just my therapy? Does uh, this been the, the the hidden meaning the whole time? You're correct. Hunger Games does not it is a completely compelling I'm story team on its on its own. And you're right. Just just like, I mean, really, we should all be Team Rory, right? Yeah. Like, she doesn't... Uh, Rory, and, Rory needs all of our help. Well, yeah. <laughs> Rory has terrible she taste in She also devolved. Um, but I like romantic triangles. That being said, mm-hmm. the ending of that particular book, as someone who is used to picking a team, mm-hmm. uh, you pick a male team to belong to, I felt like she wound up with this nothing baker. And in the book, okay, mm-hmm. it was kind of compelling because Peta in the book is well-developed. I don't think I ever saw the last movie, the fourth one. I did. It's fine. I, PETA in the movies is... What is Josh, Josh Hutcherson even in? What else is he in? All he is is blonde to me. I can't even see past his blondness. He's literally just bland. He, <laughs> he exists. He is raw dough. Look, he's short and blonde. Mm-hmm. And look, I got nothing against short men. Practically every man in my life is short. It's fine. Like... But he is just a short little man. And yeah. next to Shailene Woodley, it's or, like... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. Mm. <laughs> you switched. Oh, I did. Next to Jennifer Lawrence, who's this strong... Mm-hmm. It just feels like, what are you doing here? Yeah, You're I mean, if we're, just, if we're just calling 
calling shots by aesthetics here, then yeah, let's put Jennifer Lawrence with Liam Hemsworth. It's just that Gail made more sense, and I didn't understand why they dyed his hair to be brown. Like, none of this made sense to me. Yeah. The casting of... We could talk about film adaptations all day long. We really could. But but the romantic ending of that book was lost yeah. on me. Yeah. And I liked the end where it's essentially just like, well, the world is over, and I'm now taking care of my house, because that's all I can do. And yeah. I was like... So we've, like, the... I feel like the end of that series segues directly into, like, Wendell Berry's Port William series. Voltaire. <laughs> well, it is Voltaire. It's Tendron <laughs> Garden, absolutely. But, yeah, Voltaire, it, it's it's a segue from, from The Hunger Games into Wendell Berry by way of Voltaire. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... I like that. I like it. Tend your own garden. Um, okay. Did you ever read 112263? The Stephen King novel. Yeah. No. Okay. Look... I don't know if I like Stephen King. I, I don't think I do. Um, because that was a book that non-Stephen King fans mm -hmm. were supposed to like. Mm -hmm. So I read it. I read it. Do you know why I read it? I read about a quarter to a half the way through and just out of pure anger finished. Like just you, out you of... I hate read it. Just out of, all right, I'm in this now. Just I'm going to do it. I laid in my bed. And I know you don't read books in bed. I laid in my bed. And would not get up until I'd finished that like 500 page book. Jordan, I was like hallucinating. Jordan was like, are you okay? I just got to finish this book. Leave me That's alone. That's a little bit like when I read Infinite Jazz. I, I was like, I have to do this. Yeah, I will just, not give up. That's right. That's how I felt. Everybody I know loved 112263. It's a fantastic premise, right? What if we could go back in time and change the JFK assassination? Right. But... Everyone acted like it was this purely original, fascinating thing. No, we all know how time travel works. If you go back in time and you change something... You change everything else. Back to the, the Future effect. taught us this. Like, Michael J. Fox did it first and did it better. Like, I don't need this. I don't need James Franco in the film version. I don't need this. I... The book <laughs> ended... And this, the guy was shocked. The protagonist was surprised that the world changed because JFK wasn't shot. Of course we'd be living in a different world if we JFK wasn't the moon. shot. That was a big deal. We probably never would have gone to the moon, <laughs> actually, because it's actually the assassination that kind of inspired us to yeah, keep that program going. Exactly. Hmm. So in what if we went to the moon in like 1978? Would have been a different world. Do you believe in the moon landing? Yeah. Some people don't. Do like actual people not? I actually know. Like a friend of ours truly doesn't think it happened. Thinks it was staged. By Stanley Kubrick? I don't know. Because but. I love those theories. <laughs> I think they're crazy. I we, Jordan and I were talking about, this is totally a tangent, but we were talking about what conspiracy theories we actually believe oh, in. Oh, yeah. Jordan doesn't believe in, like, any. You know which one? I believe I, in a couple, yeah. You want to know what mine is? Yeah. It's current. Okay. I believe, <laughs> is the FBI listening? Probably. I believe Antonin Scalia was murdered. Okay. I truly do. Interesting. I truly do. I think. 9-11 was an inside job. Oh my gosh, you do? <laughs> oh my gosh, we're so weird. I know what's wrong with us. <laughs> anyway, I went on a conspiracy website a couple days ago because I was bored and I'm like, there's some interesting stuff out there. Jordan was like, Annie, like, he could not, we were just having this conversation and I think just casually in conversation I dropped, oh yeah, Anton Scalia was murdered. And Jordan was like, What? what? And I was like, no, I mean, he definitely was murdered. We did not make a big enough deal out of that, about that. It's literally the premise of the Pelican Brief. Like, yeah, something's yeah, happened yeah, here. Yeah, it is. It is. And I feel like Julia Roberts, where is my Denzel? Where is Denzel? <laughs> Let's figure you guys this out can get together. To the 
Anyway, 112263 did not end how it should have. Right. Only because for this very imaginative, interesting premise. That it didn't play enough with the concept of time travel to justify how long it is. Yeah, like I just felt like, well, we all saw this coming. Right. Of course this wasn't going to end well. Of course he's going to have to go back in time and let JFK get shot. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I I don't know. You 112263 people, tell me why I should have liked this book. And here's the irony. 112263 is the day that Doctor Who premiered on BBC. Is it? It is. It's also the day C.S. Lewis died. Yes, it is. It's also my anniversary. Not the year. Actually, I take it back. Doctor Who, I think, was the actual day of the Kennedy assassination, and C.S. Lewis died the day before. Oh, okay. Yep, that's what it is. Interesting. So, the, the 23rd. Weird, t- yeah, weird right? days. Time travel yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then the last one, you mentioned the fact that your students hated the ending of The Mothers. Yeah, they did. Tell me about this, because so, you know me. I'm right. So mother's the mother's, apologist. Yeah, and The Mothers is great. Yeah. But The Mothers is essentially like close third person narration the whole time right Mm -hmm. it's like we're following these characters through their lives um we're never directly in their heads but we know what they're thinking right we call close third person narration okay and the last paragraph switches to second person and it's like we are it's a collective first person but it's like we are crawling into you and you are the mother now kind of thing like totally forgot that it's a it's a very (laughs) weird aesthetic choice yeah and i don't really claim to understand why it ends that way. Right. But my students were, we had a half hour conversation just on that paragraph. Really? And about how they hated it. They thought it ruined the entire book. Oh. Um, I do love, let me tell you something. I love this conversation because I do love reading. That's why Love It or Loathe It exists. Like I really do like having conversations with people about books that have totally brought up these visceral reactions Mm -hmm. in us. Because we mostly, as people, I think receive things pretty passively. Yeah crap happens in our lives and we just have to move on with it. But with books, we can like, yeah, we can get super angry or super happy. And I love that this fantastically written book was totally ruined for them by this paragraph. I think, I mean, when I read it, which look, I, I admit that I feel like sometimes I read so much that I'm not quite sure I relish in it like I should. But I feel like when I read it, I just read that as that was the collective voice of the mothers. Yes, it is. And it's just kind of letting us know the circle of life kind but of thing. But it gets, it, it, it's weird though, right? And in a way that, well, I, and that book, I like. And the book is not weird. No, and, and I think that's what was weird for them because like they're, the, the, no spoilers here. The book kind of begins with a suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the main character, Nadia's mother, um, commits suicide. And like she is talked about in terms throughout the book kind of as a ghost. And yeah. she's not a ghost. She doesn't right. appear as not a ghost story. There's nof- nothing supernatural about this book. But like there are hints in the the church mother's narration of like, I thought I saw a young girl like in the church. Um, I thought I saw like prints of where a person was kneeling Mm. and like just these little things that are not supernatural in and of themselves until this last paragraph where it is kind of assumed that like maybe these narrators are not living maybe they are just observing yeah and like it's this collective circle of life but also maybe is it not yeah um, I think I just thought those... And I thought it was great. I was about to say, I think I just thought that narration of those, or those mothers kind of guiding the mm-hmm. the 
the story. Um, at the end, it totally made sense to me that it would wrap up with this kind of otherworldly yeah. element. Because I that it's that they're they're the fates. They are like the Greek chorus. The they Greek are outside chorus. the story, but still part of the and, story. And, and so now they're coming out of the story yeah. and bringing you into it. And they're the they're the church mothers. And so I have this, you know, as somebody who grew up in church, I have this. Um, you know, the great cloud of witnesses, mm-hmm. like, in my mm-hmm. head, like, as the, that's who these women are. They're not women, like, who are literally, I don't know, yeah. living. Yeah. They feel yeah, yeah, yeah. supernatural um, to me. I thought it was a really interesting aesthetic choice. Yeah. I don't exactly understand it, but I think I do. I yeah. have an idea. I have an interpretation. And sometimes, guys, we're not supposed to... Yeah, some, sometimes it's okay we're not We're not to, supposed to understand everything. Not to understand what things are. <laughs> um, that is that is okay. Yeah. Sometimes that's the point. Yeah. To make you bask in mystery. Yeah. See, that's why we like Anglicanism. <laughs> <laughs> it totally um, is coming out of how we grew up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was one. I know that it's it's pretty common writing workshop advice to like cut your last paragraph. Yes. That like most writers tend to like go on a little Close too long with their ending. Yeah. And advice is cut the last paragraph, cut the last page, cut the last chapter. Which I I think is brilliant advice. It's so in interesting, general. right? Yeah. Um, and I've told people that before. Like I've. Like students in my classes have been like, you don't need this whole final paragraph. And they're like, but I need to meet a word count. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, expand somewhere else because this is the ending. <laughs> this is where it stops. Which is really fun. Um, okay, so are, are there any other? I think those were my major ones. I will those say, those are interesting ones. If I go back to Sociable, yeah, I think so. That was a book that was just about a young woman. It almost felt like it should have been like The Circle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So about this young woman who was tasked with mm-hmm. with writing viral or making content go viral, and she was totally unlikable the whole time. All the characters in that right. book were self centered and unlikable. Um, but at the end, literally, it's just a text exchange between her and her friend, and then it just ends. And now that you're saying cut the last paragraph, I feel confident yeah. that last paragraph is floating well, around. And something somewhere. when I was listening to Love It or Loathe that last week, editing it, like you and Hunter both talked about the ending of the power, mm-hmm. um, and how it like breaks form and is now kind of like in the future, looking back at the story as something that's been recorded, which is also the ending of The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, but you both talked about how you skimmed it and Hunter skipped it, and yeah. I was like screaming at the computer like. No, you have to read it before you're allowed to have an opinion on that. No. Mostly at Hunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because he readily admitted to skipping that. Yeah. And I was like, no, that is the Look, ending. And Kate stands by, because she's listened to that episode, I think. And I, I will stand by it just as an exercise in form, even though I haven't read that book. Kate lo- And Kate loved those letters. I just did not. I Because to me, the book was so long mm-hmm. that by the time you got to the end, you forgot, which I think is part of the point. I think you forgot the that you're reading a book within a book essentially right. the whole time um here's where i was bothered it should have been to me and again lay so person what we're talking about yeah exactly. to me there should have been one letter back and forth like yeah. one letter by the author one letter by the editor or reader and then that's it mm-hmm. instead at the end when you're ready to be done mm-hmm. you finished with the book you finished with the content instead i felt like i was just reading a series of letters between the editor uh-huh. and the reader, and I was like, I do huh? not care. Right. <laughs> but, well, and, but and a book that maybe did a little bit better was um, The Infinite Future. Yeah. One of my shelf subscription picks from a couple months ago that like tells you up front like this is something that like I'm now editing and have put together, and yeah. it's like this this fiction like yeah. that's not real. This like editor's note. I would do you think. If, I would like you to read The Power and you yeah. tell me what you think. Like, Jordan is going to read I'm it. I'm curious Because he it. is super curious and I think he might like it. I don't know. I still can't quite articulate what it was. Yeah. It felt like the execution was poor to me 
but I am almost alone in that, except right. for Hunter and Emily. Right. Like no, no, um, no reviewer know. agrees I with might, me. I might trust Obama more than you guys yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Obama really reads? All yeah, the I do. I really do. I hope so. Like yeah. the the idealist in me oh, wants would, to believe that I he would did. Cry if I found out that he didn't. But I but, just like the five almonds thing. But I, yeah. do you remember how heartbroken I was yeah. when I found out that wasn't real. But that's what I wonder though. <laughs> like as somebody who I mean, for a not I'm saying this as my who worked for like a relatively unimportant nonprofit. Yeah. And I was the one tasked with writing the president's letter, the president of the nonprofit. Right. Okay. Who writes the president? Right. Letter, you know? <laughs> so so who is really picking the president's book? Is it him or was it John Lovitz going? <laughs> going. Uh, these are good. <laughs> anyway, that's pretty good. Um, if you are listening today, Thursday, um, check out our Instagram. Yes. Um, where we will have a post up about this, and you can join in this conversation with us there. Yeah, because I would love to know, because the truth of the matter is, sometimes you forget. Like I feel like there are probably book endings. That I really didn't love in the moment, but now I can't remember. Yeah, so are there endings that, like, you didn't love and wish were different? Are there endings that have sat with you for a while and now you're okay with them? Yeah. Um, Let us know on Instagram in the comments, or you can send me an email at podcast at bookshelfthomasville.com if you don't want everybody else reading your fix too. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you're like that. Yeah. Do you ever read something, Annie, um, that you want to change while you're reading it to the point that you don't even want to finish reading yeah do you do that a lot I don't do it a lot because there's a part of me I'm like a completionist yeah. or whatever whatever my personality is where I'm like no I must finish yeah. this my my therapist told me that I <laughs> you will find this hilarious I'm sure my therapist told <laughs> I'm me I'm already looking forward to this <laughs> um that most people avoid they have avoidance issues with mm-hmm. anxiety this was so funny to me. She was like, you know, most people, um, when they have moments of anxiety in their lives, they tend to avoid. So they, they, they avoid retreat. it. Yeah. yeah. I attack. <laughs> like, that was the literal word she used. And I was like, oh, accurate. That makes sense. So um, I very much avoid. <laughs> and I attack. Super <laughs> aggressive. Um, so I, and what she meant was I... Um, aim for resolution at all costs. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite stories about myself that I think tells a lot about me is in college, mm-hmm. this girl who I was acquaintances with, we were not quite close and we butted heads on some issues and things. Her boyfriend like texted me. I was a junior in college, so we're practic- we're adults at this point. Yeah. The boyfriend texted me and asked why I was mad at her and I had hurt her feelings and I needed to do something to fix it. So I was living in an apartment on campus at the time and I knew where she lived at another apartment on campus. So I walked over, over, took my phone, knocked on her door. I said, hey, your boyfriend sent me this. Is there something we need to talk about? (laughs) Soup's aggressive. (laughs) It's also that that INTJ, like, not understanding other people's feelings super well. (laughs) No, but I felt like, you got your boyfriend to text me this? No, we are adults. (laughs) Like, do you, can we talk about this? She was mortified, Uh quickly backtracked, and guess what? We were fine from that point on because... Because you resolved the problem. And I've I've done that, but I, like, have to be pushed to that point. So, and my thing is, no, my, like, I, as long as I have resolution, I'm fine. So to answer your question, there are very few books that I don't finish because I just feel like I have to at least give it a fair shake. I have to like have the yeah. resolution of finishing it before I can formulate an opinion. And so a book has to do something to you for you not to finish it. And so yeah. a new regular thing that we're going to start doing for our 
Patreon yeah. um, supporters is what Annie didn't finish this month. Yeah. It's going to be a monthly. It's going to be exciting. New thing for our $3 and up a month subscribers. So be on the lookout for that uh, at the beginning of May. Yeah. is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like a weekly newsletter, um, a monthly list and rationale behind books Annie didn't read this month or didn't finish reading this month, and our monthly podcast, Unpopular Opinions, where we talk about other things, you can check us out on patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes, links to further reading, and that is getting a facelift in the next couple weeks, too. This week in the bookshelf, a very funny thing happened. So I worked at Word of South on Saturday, so I didn't do story time, uh -huh. and we got cute pictures of all the kids. Kelsey might have done story time, actually. She did. Um, but anyway... <laughs> Uh, we're at Word of South in Tallahassee, and Guthrie, one of our storytime mm. regulars, comes running up to me. In Tallahassee. In Tallahassee. She goes, hey, what are you doing here? I said, this is where I was today. This is why I wasn't at storytime. Is this where you are when you're not at the bookstore? And I was like, no. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Just, just in this tent. books in this tent. I thought it was adorable. <laughs> Kid Logic that. is my favorite. Kid Logic is the greatest. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>